Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 222 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, I am answering a listener's question that came in on Instagram. Liz wanted me to do a show all about leather, vintage leather, leather alternatives, and the pros and cons that come along with all of these options that are now on the market. I absolutely 100% promise you that after listening to today's episode, you are going to look at your leather handbags and your vegan leather shoes and your crocodile belts a whole lot differently. This week's episode is in four parts. In part one, we're going to talk about what we should all be thinking about, what we should all be considering before we purchase traditional leather. Then we're going to go on to the vegan leather alternatives. That will be part two of this show. What should we be considering? Lots of vegan leather, eco-friendly, cruelty-free leathers on the market, but what does that all mean? (laughs) Part three, we're talking about exotic leather, so think reptilian leathers. And finally, I'm going to give you my final thoughts, my best tips for you as you seek to navigate this minefield. I should say right off the bat that animal rights might not be intrinsically a part of a conversation about the eco-friendliness of leather, but there's a huge overlap when we're talking about values-driven purchases. For some of you listening, you consider yourselves animal rights activists, there is absolutely no way on God's green earth that you are ever going to adorn your body with animal skin. And I hear that and I respect it and I appreciate it. I'm saying this because I'm not trying to push any of you towards one product or another or having you choose against your values. So my goal here in today's episode is to relay the facts as I found them. And that's all. I'm not advocating for animal leather. So don't call me and tell me I'm the worst. I'm not advocating for vegan leather either. So don't call me and tell me I'm terrible. I'm advocating for nothing. All right, so let's move on to part one. Let's talk about the conventional leather on the market. It's conventionally made from cows, but doesn't have to be. The proponents of leather from animals argue that leather is a byproduct of the animal agriculture industry. So if we're going to kill a cow, we're taking the food portions of the cow, and then we prepare it and sell it for human consumption. But because the hide is not consumable, it's therefore a byproduct. Advocates argue that the animal has already been slaughtered for food. Why not use as many parts of the animal as we can? That's the argument for animal-based leather. Well, the problem with that argument is it's leaving out the extremely environmentally detrimental process of tanning. Now, I must say, Prior to researching for this episode, I never once ever in my whole life thought about tanning. But tanning is the process of taking that hide and essentially mummifying it so that it will be usable in garments and shoes and belts and handbags, etc. Now, how on earth do you tan? You guessed it. You use extremely harmful, strong chemicals to do so. The chemicals 
are strong because they have to break down the protein in the skin. Now, as you hear me saying that, your spidey sense should go off and you should be thinking to yourself, oh, but wait a minute, what what happens to these harmful, toxic, noxious chemicals? Well, if you listen to my episode on eco-friendly fibers, I believe that was episode number 109, you likely know what happens to these chemicals. What happens to the chemicals that are used to take eucalyptus, which is a hard and rigid plant fiber and turn it into something soft, sleek, and sexy for clothing. Yep, you use chemicals and chemicals are pollutants. Now there are many different types of tanning for cowhides, but for the purposes of this conversation, we're only going to talk about two types. The first type is chromium tanned leather. This is by far the most popular type of leather tanning in the United States these days, and it is extremely toxic. It requires this slush of chromium salts and tanning liquor. This toxic slush is notoriously toxic for everyone and everything that's involved and comes in its path. When this sludge is poured untreated into waterways, it leads to skin and breathing ailments and perhaps even birth defects into any to anyone who comes in contact with that water. I should also say that any waste that contains chromium is considered hazardous by the Environmental Protection Agency, by the way. But in extreme cases, chromium-related waste can lead to serious skin and breathing ailments and birth defects in humans, yes, but it can also cause lung cancer and leukemia. Now, in the water itself, you guessed it, there are some very serious consequences of dumping chromium-based tanning solutions into waters. The biggest is that these solvents spark the growth of algae, and the algae essentially suffocates animals by depleting oxygen levels in the water. This is called eutrophication, if anybody is interested. There's your SAT word for the day, eutrophication, depleting oxygen levels in water, which suffocates the animals within. So those are some things to consider when we're talking about chromium-tanned leather. But the other type of leather tanning I wanted to talk to you about today is vegetable tanned leather. Sounds better, doesn't it? Doesn't sound quite as noxious. And that's because vegetable tanned leather uses tannins found in vegetables and tree bark and other naturally derived plant derivatives. And I should say too that it's not often that any item, whether it's chromium tanned or vegetable tanned is just tanned once. It's usually tanned again and again to achieve the texture, the color, the feel that is desired, right? So we'll talk more about vegetable tanned leather at the end of the show. But away from tanning, just raising animals and slaughtering them for leather, it's important to also mention that cow leather damages environments through deforestation. We're clearing land to raise animals that we eventually kill for our own benefit. The leather industry in particular has been responsible for large amounts of deforestation in South America. And of course, it's no surprise to anybody listening, but deforestation is a major cause of climate change and biodiversity loss. Okay, so that's some things to consider as you are looking at your traditional cow leather animal products. Let's move on to vegan leather. 
What on earth is vegan leather? (laughs) Let's define it so we're all on the same page. Vegan leather is a material that mimics leather, but it's not created from animals. It's created from artificial or plant products, not animal skins, right? Now, there are two types of vegan leathers we're going to talk about today. The first are the plant-based leathers. Plant-based leathers in 2021 could be pineapple leaves or cork, that's a big one, or apple peels, okay? So there's plant-based leathers. We're going to talk about them. But the other type, of course, is synthetic leather. What does synthetic mean? You know if you've been listening for a while, synthetic Leather is a form of plastic. Synthetic leather is most often made from PVC, polyvinyl chloride, or PU, which is polyurethane, or recycled plastic. Now, as you can likely imagine, there are problems with synthetic leathers, yes, but there are also some problems associated with the plant-based leathers too. So let's go easy. Let's start with the synthetic leather first. Yes, polyurethane and polyvinyl chloride both mimic that wrinkling texture that traditional leather has, right? But we need to mention that PVC, polyvinyl chloride, is named by Greenpeace as the most environmentally damaging of all the plastics. And polyurethane may not be marketed as a plastic because it has different physical properties, but still, its manufacturing involves very hazardous chemicals. Next up are those plant-based leather. So They sound great, right? Who doesn't want a cork bag that looks like leather or an apple peel bag? Well, these plant-based leathers almost always also have plastic in them too. So even if it says apple leather, it still likely has a significant portion of plastic in it. The technology is just not there yet to make a bag that looks like leather that's made 100% from apple peels. There has to be some plastic in it. What about the quality factor associated with vegan leathers? Traditional animal-based leathers are known for their durability, for the fact that they look better, they improve in aesthetic over time. What about vegan leather? Well, I must say I've never owned anything vegan leather in my life, but the reviews are mixed. Some people say that vegan leather rivals the real thing, but others say that You can't compare to the durability of an animal-based product. They would also argue that synthetic leathers just can't achieve that same beautiful aging process. Instead, over time, they crack, they peel, and they separate at the seams. Now, just so we're all on the same page, let's remember, what are the problems associated with plastic? Well, plastic takes hundreds of years to degrade. It releases toxic chemicals into the environment as it degrades. Uh, And then there's the microfibers problem. You should listen to my microfibers episode if you missed it. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from this week's second sponsor. And when we return, we're going to talk all about the exotic leathers. Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, 
your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. So next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coastofmaine.com. And we are back. We're talking all things leather, vegan leather, cow leather, exotic leather, etc. We are on to part three of today's show where, where we are talking about exotic leathers. Now, when I say exotic leathers today, I am primarily discussing reptilian leather, so crocodile leather, snake leather, etc., alligator leather. And we should say right off the bat that we cannot argue that exotic leathers are a byproduct of the agricultural business, right? Because no one in America is eating crocodile on the regular. So when we're killing a crocodile, we're likely killing the crocodile for its hide. It's important to note here that if you are willing to look beyond the animal rights issues associated with killing animals so that we can have a pretty belt or a pretty purse. There are human ethics at play. And I was very surprised to learn as I was researching for this episode that many exotic skins are provided to luxury companies by BIPOC communities all over the world. We're talking South American tribes, Indonesian tribes, Mayan locals, They are motivated to conserve their natural world because they are receiving income from harvesting these luxury skins. So when we stop buying those crocodile skins, let's say, and poverty takes up a big space in their lives, indigenous peoples may resort to logging, slash and burn farming, gold mining, you name it. It's important to track your exotic leather I should say that crocodile and alligator leather seem to be the easiest types of leather to track. Snake is much harder. So trace your exotic leather to know whether what you're buying is ethical or whether the snakes that made your shoes were wild caught or farmed. All right, so now we're moving on to part four of today's conversation, which is next steps. Now, before I give you your next steps, I should say once again that the decision of what type of leather or faux leather to buy is ultimately up to you and your own style, needs, and values. Now, if you are wondering, well, what's better, what's worse? The animal rights issue, the plastic problem, go back and listen to episode number 212, where I do my best to outline a framework for you to follow as you determine your soul-centered values and how to follow them. Because remember, as I said in that episode, when we determine our soul-first values, you can never go wrong. Either way, no matter what you're buying or no matter what you're not buying, no matter where your heart-first values lead you, you've got to do some research before you buy. You've got to do the work before you become a conscious consumer. It's just the way it goes. So if you are going to buy cow leather again in the future, your next steps are to choose those vegetable tanned leathers. So stay away from the chromium tanned leather stuff. And if it doesn't say how it's been tanned, it's likely chromium tanned, okay? 
vegetable leather does not contain toxic substances, and many tanneries who do vegetable tanned leathering reclaim their hides from the food industry to prevent that waste. Also, next time you're buying traditional animal leather, look for tanneries that are rated by the Leather Working Group and ensure a brand has a clear supply chain if you're buying real leather. So, okay, you are just targeted on Facebook's algorithm for these gorgeous new fall leather boots. You click on it. You go to the website. Oh my gosh, they're so great. They're so your style. Oh my gosh, the price is right. Oh my gosh. Well, let's look at the About Us page. Is there information on how the leather's tanned? Is there information on whether their leather is certified by the Leather Working Group? If the answer is no, if there's no information there, that should be a gigantic, humongous, coming down from the heavens red flag. If there's no information, the information is likely bad. Before buying vegan leather, if you're ready to jump on the vegan leather train, Just know right off the bat, as of 2021, that if a brand says their product is made from vegan leather or cruelty-free leather with no other supporting details to back up those claims, it is almost certainly made with some plastic. It is either all made from plastic, 100% plastic, or there's some plastic within. So just know that. And finally, if you are ready to buy that crocodile belt you've been eyeing, (laughs) Before buying exotic leathers, trace your leather. Exotic leathers that are CITES certified, and CITES is an acronym for the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna and Flora. If it is certified by CITES, that's good. And if it's not certified by CITES, I suggest you stay away. Now, my final, final word for you as we wrap up this episode is something that I've said before, but researching this has really hit home for me. There's no 100% perfect path when it comes to this topic, right? It bears repeating that the best thing we can do is to keep what we already have, use it again and again and again. Do not buy new if you can help it. If you see some vintage animal leather on the market and you're okay with wearing animal skins, I would say that might be the best option, the closest to... Um, a clear path forward. Vintage is good. Lise, you did ask me that in your question. But buying new is almost never, (laughs) almost never the best option. One final tip here is if you liked this episode, this investigative style reporting, you should definitely go back and listen to episode number 109 of this podcast. That's where I break down the fibers that are commonly used in clothes. We talk about natural fibers. We talk about synthetic fibers. We also talk about semi-synthetic fibers. That was one, uh, on a personal note, that was one of my most enjoyable episodes to record and one that after 220 episodes brings me the most pride. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Send me your holiday tips, tricks, hacks, games, gifts, uh, whatever it is, send it my way. Thank you so much and see you on Tuesday. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, 
You impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.